Right now, we're in the African savanna on a beautiful, sunny summer morning, where we're witnessing a young Amazon PPC campaign in its natural habitat. This juvenile campaign is just two weeks old, newly birthed from Seller Central. You can tell this campaign has so much natural instinct with its fresh new auto-targeting ad groups. Watch closely. You can see already it's learning how to stand and grow, reporting on clicks, conversions, and ACOS. While it seems like this young campaign is healthy and strong, in its youth, it's extremely vulnerable and unprotected from lurking predators. Michael, look! On the horizon, a herd of fierce, irrelevant search queries are approaching. Ah, yes, Stephen. While these queries are dangerous, they don't attack like a lion or a jaguar. Instead, they are parasitic, slowly debilitating an Amazon campaign by draining its ad spend budget to death with low conversion rates. This poor young campaign, defenseless and completely unaware of the encroaching danger. Oh no! The predators have descended upon the campaign! And look! Here comes, galloping in the distance, a search term with 75 clicks and no conversions. This is surely the end of this young campaign. Aha! What's this? Suddenly appearing out of the brush! It's a fully grown ad badger charging in! He's coming to save the campaign! And completely upgrading the campaign with new bid optimizations. Michael! The ad badger is completely pulverizing the vicious, unprofitable search terms. The ad badger has proven himself victorious once again, and he will go on to fight and defend more Amazon campaigns here in the savannah for many years to come. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Steven from Ad Badger, and you are listening to the AMZ PPC Den podcast, the world's first Amazon PPC advertising podcast and your source for all the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most from your Amazon ads. And you guys can find all of our episodes, show notes, and links at adbadger.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Badger Nation? It is Mike here from Ad Badger. Joined by Steven. Steven, we were just talking about Pokemon, of all things. Very relevant work talk, yes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is demographics. Uh, And by the end of this episode, you will find out why we were talking about Pokemon, how that applies to Amazon marketing, uh, and really get to know the demographics report so that you can better understand your audience, understand who's buying from you so that you can go ahead and make better, smarter decisions for your company. Let's jump into it. Steven, this is part four of our brand analytics series um, where we were jumping into the four new brand analytics reports, touching on them and how they can help inform sponsored products, sponsored brands, overall Amazon marketing. Uh, And this one, it's a cool one because we're actually going to talk about all those things, but also how it can impact outside of Amazon paid marketing. So this is a pretty cool episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm I'm kind of stoked about it. All these new reports. I love the data that's coming out and I hope it doesn't stop. Right. Absolutely. So with that said, let's do a quick recap in case anyone has not uh, listened to the previous episodes. Um, So we're talking about brand analytics. This is part four. Uh, last episode, uh, I, Stephen, I challenged you to do five-second recaps of each report. I'm going to challenge you now 
<laughs> can you do a 2.5 second summary report of each of the previous ones? I don't even know how long 2.5 seconds is. Let's try 2. it. 2.5 seconds? Let's try it. All right. <clears throat> report number one was the Amazon search terms report in brand analytics. Timer starts in three, two, one. This is a ranking of the most important search terms on Amazon. Woo! Hot damn. And people, people who are listening on 1.5x or 2x didn't hear any of that. <laughs> but that, that's solid. We talked about Amazon search and report. Go back a couple episodes. Be sure to check that out. Uh, perhaps the one that is uh, most accessible and the one that is, uh, it's one of the more important ones. Then part two, we touched on market basket analysis. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It is how often your items are bundled with other items. I feel yes. like that's one second. I feel like I'm doing this in a second. Damn, crushing it. Um, and then part three, item comparison and alternate purchase behavior. This might be a tough one for just two and a half seconds. Ready, three, two, one, go. This is how often your item wasn't bundled with another item. <laughs> yeah, essentially, it's like right? the inverse. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like the inverse of the previous one. Yes, uh, but like I mentioned, we have a full uh, episode on each one of those three previous reports. This is our fourth and final stop on the four new brand analytics reports. Uh, and of course, you do need to be brand registered in order to access these. Um, so I just wanted to give a quick uh, moment of uh, silence for those of us who cannot access uh, this report. I don't get why they won't give like vendors access to these reports because vendors can own brands. They have sponsored brand ads in for Vendor Central. So weird thing there. That's right. So with all that said, you know, to ease into this episode and ease into this report, the demographics report, we were, you know, brainstorming ways to make it really accessible. Like how does marketing change when you know the demographics of the people who are buying your product? And you were, you were talking about, uh, I think your roommates were playing Pokemon in your kitchen last night. Yeah, they're 25 years old and they are buying Pokemon cards and playing competitive uh, trading card games. I mean, I, to, to be honest, I bought my own. Is it here? I have Did, my own Pokemon yes. deck somewhere. It's not on my desk. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, they convinced me. They convinced me to get involved. Spent spent something like forty dollars at Target buying uh, Pokemon mm -hmm. cards. Well, that's expensive. Yeah, wow. I know. I had to get a few starter decks. Damn. Well, that's actually. I'll be honest. When you mentioned that they were playing Pokemon, I thought you meant like on the Nintendo Switch or no old or school. Like, Nice, dude. Um, yes. So there you go. That's a perfect example. If the people that made Pokemon, uh, Nintendo, if Nintendo only thought that kids are, you know, parents are buying it for their kids, then all of their marketing would be super kid centric. Uh, however, there's this kind of other demographic that they could potentially tap into, uh, which, you know, for a lot of older people, it's going to be like nostalgia is the way that they tap into it. Um, 
but yeah, that they know to diversify their marketing and be sure that different audiences are hearing the right message at the right time in order to be sure that when they release a new game that, you know, they may coordinate some influencer deals with uh, larger companies that maybe typically cater to older PC gamers. Um, so they're able to sort of adjust in, and then they're also able to run ads on Nickelodeon. Here's actually a great example of that marketing being uh, played out. And it's not just, you know, your marketing and your messaging, but your own product development. So a few years ago, Pokemon came out with Pokemon Go, which was a mobile app, which allowed you to, you know, walk around, um, freely roam and explore and all that stuff. That quickly became a, I think the figure is like $1.6 billion game, it like like industry or whatever, like it's sales generation. And, um, and something like 60 to 80% of the players are over the age of 20. And so they basically just, you know, you know, utilized a mobile platform to capture audiences that they know are like most addicted to their phones. Uh, um, so yeah, so that's, that's a, that's how they're making it happen. Dude, when Pokemon Go came out, I still remember the week. Uh, that is a pandemic I can get behind. Uh, it just like took over the world. And I feel like the world was never as united as when Pokemon Go came out. People putting differences aside. Oh, man, that was a special fact, time. Speaking, speaking of Pokemon Go, you have that Pokemon Go meme uh, in our notes here that we'll have to include in the blog. But I can't, yes. I can't describe the meme to people on the list who are listening because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. You just have to see the visual. It's pretty funny. Are you, re- are you ready for this? I can describe the meme right, go because if, if anyone's deep into meme culture, this is the <laughs> fellow kids meme. And it says, have you seen any Charmanders here, kid? Um, Steve and Buscemi. With that, yes, with Steve, with Steve Buscemi. Uh, with that said, let's actually jump in to the meat of this episode, start talking about this demographics report and how we can use it in our Amazon marketing. Let's jump in to the main segment. All right, so Stephen, like these other reports, we're going to hit up reports, brand analytics, and then select the demographics report on the left. Uh, So pretty straightforward there, very close to the other brand analytics reports. But then what happens? Like, what are people going to see when they first see this page? Uh, Can you actually walk us through some of the interface? Yeah, so the first thing that they are going to see is uh, you go over to the reports tab, you click on brand analytics. Uh, And then on the left-hand side, you will see four different tabs, which have been with the four previous episodes, I guess this is episode number four, um, have been about. And then you will see a little section that says demographics. And if you uh, mouse over that, uh, you'll see a little pop-up message that says connect with your target audience more effectively or identify customization opportunities with customer demographics insights. Yes. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about some of that. And then, you know, you, you see pretty similar things. You know, you see uh, category. If you sell in different categories, you can actually segment by category or subcategory, which is kind of neat. Uh, if you're selling, you know, if you're in chart, if your brand registered for multiple brands, you'll see that, too. Uh, you get like a report range, either quarterly, weekly, monthly, so on and so forth. Um, so everything so far it's pretty straightforward. Um, anything else to say, Stephen, about just the sort of selections up top? No. Yeah, I think it's all pretty straightforward. 
Yeah. Uh, and then we go down, you know, to the, well, not down, but to the right side of the screen where you're able to, you know, there's a selection for, you can enter an ASIN or a search term, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you can also, you also have an option way up top to basically uh, include information that's not available. And we'll talk about what that means as we go through this episode. Um, so really, you have those settings up top. And then immediately underneath that, you have some data. And let's actually start talking about some of these data points that people will see when they log into their demographics report. Yeah, so it's actually really interesting, um, especially if you've never seen this report before. I think you'll just, you know, if you're a brand owner on Seller Central, you'll be super, yeah, I think just you'll find it just intriguing. Um, but it will pull up. So say you run a quarterly report for Q4, um, and it will generate the, uh, or it'll show you the dispersion of like the different age groups of where your sales came from. So it'll separate, you know, you know, audiences of 25 to 34, 35 to 44, blah, 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 up to 65 plus. It'll segment out that sales attribution data. So you can see where did the majority of my sales come from. Um, it'll also show you different household income ranges, uh, education level, you know, high school, college, uh, graduate degree, um, gender, marital status, all of those different reports in the demographics sh showing your sales attribution. Yeah. So if we were to pick just one of those and just go a little deeper on it. Uh, so let's take age, for example, um, and perhaps even before we do you know, hopefully all of these reports have added layers to all of our listeners' Amazon marketing strategies. You know, so often we hear stories of, oh, you know, we just grab a product and throw it up on Amazon and then sell it. Brand analytics and specifically this one, it answers the question of, of like, who's on the other end there? Like, who's actually buying these things? And like if that doesn't sort of like get you pumped up in terms of like, wow, like if I can know exactly who's buying these products, then I can like circle back and, and create even stronger products. But I'm getting ahead of myself there. Uh, if we were to take that age report, it's broken down just like you mentioned in sort of age brackets, 18 to 24, 25 to 34, so on and so forth. Um, and then what you see there are sort of three things for each age group. Um, so you see, you know, how, what's the percentage of 18 to 24 year olds that are the percentage of my total customers. So I'm looking at an example here uh, for this particular product. It was only 6% of the customers were 18 to 24. Uh, and that makes sense because in this case, the product being sold is related to alcohol. So yes, you would expect a slightly exactly. lower <laughs> attribution there. Right. So those 6% of the customers that are buying these things, they are underneath the bleachers at you know, <laughs> 5 p.m. on a Friday after school, um, drinking, stealing their dad's uh, Jack Daniels or something. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it, it, you know, it actually informs that. And then you can start to see the, how the age range skews uh, and how the purchase behavior skews for each age group. So you can see how many of my customers are in that age range, uh, how many of my how much of my revenue is in that age range, and then how many of those of my orders are in that age range. So you see you see this breakdown for ages, and you see it for income and education and gender. 
and marital status. Uh, so it's a way to sort of analyze your Amazon data in ways that you have not been able to previously, which is really neat. And this actually raises an interesting question, a couple of interesting questions. Um, one time I was on a, a phone call with an Amazon rep talking about attribution, um, their new system that's in beta. And, uh, and I was asking them, um, is there, you know, is there any plans to have demographic targeting in the future? Meaning, you know, bidding more aggressively for certain audiences based on age, gender, whatever. Um, and she told me no. And she said the reason why is because a lot of Amazon accounts are shared by families. And so she said this makes demographic targeting um, pretty much impossible because the account itself is, you know, if it's my family, it's a family of five. So you've got a, a you know, a dad who's 60 plus, my mom, uh, I will not say her age, but she's young and beautiful. And then you got two sisters and me. So, um, you know, all these different five different members are all shopping on the same site uh, or using the same account. So, yeah, so targeting our one account's demographic would be tricky. Um, so then, it, so then that's one side. The, the second side is so then, where is Amazon getting this data from? Um, are they tracking IP addresses and tracking your individual, you know, your 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 personal internet browser? Are they tracking your shopping behaviors and trying to target you there? Um, are they purchasing this data from a data broker? Um, so, Mike, what are your what are your thoughts on that? For where this data is actually coming from? Right. You know, my response to that story of the. Amazon rep saying it's impossible for us to pin it down. I would say it's more impossible that they don't have that data. Yeah, true. Uh, in this, in, in this, like, it's like, imagine like Mark Zuckerberg coming out and saying like, oh man, it's so hard for us to figure out who our users are. It's like, no way. Like they know everything right. about us before especially, we often know it. Yeah, especially because we have little robot spies in all of our houses. Yes. Like... Yes, I, got this little I, robot would, on my I don't desk. even. Yes, sometimes I don't even call them spies. I call them like, uh, like, like we we're like working for Facebook. Like we're working for Google. Like we're working for Amazon. Like every mm -hmm. action that we do is giving them a piece of data. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting point that you mentioned. I I would love to know the actual number of how frequent that is. Uh, maybe more frequent, maybe not frequent, um, who knows, but like assuredly, I would imagine that like they're able to figure out based off what your browser is looking at, mm -hmm. uh, what your account is looking at. And it might just be that you have one of these weird amalgamation accounts and mm -hmm. maybe those, those do exist where it's just like a mashup of everyone in the household and even people that moved out and other households. But I have to. I have to imagine it's a combination of, like, address. Like you even heard stories of. You know, if you if you're going in the supermarket and you're using your credit card to buy things, like, stores know if somebody's pregnant before they do sometimes because mm -hmm. they're able to know like when somebody is becoming pregnant they're probably craving all these different things, uh, so like boom we've identified someone and we can start like pre-selling them. Mm -hmm. on pregnancy gifts and all these, all these things. Um, so yes, I, it, it is, it would be more surprising to me if like Amazon didn't have the res like the resources, the desire and the capabilities to grab all this data. So I, 
I, I mean, I, you're, that, that example is pretty interesting where lots of people are sharing the same one. Uh, however, for everyone else, like super easy. Like, yeah, and I, and I wonder, because you know, at, looking at what we're buying. Netflix introduced kind of, and Spotify's done this too, where it's like you can have family accounts and every mm -hmm. user can have their own profile on the account. Yeah. So, I mean, that would, um, I mean, that would, if Amazon did do that and let families like have multiple profiles, that would be nice. So, Amazon's not saying, hey, you might like this dress. Uh, we recommend this for you based on your shopping history. And I'll Dude, be like, that does not pertain to me. We, we've never talked about this, but I'm super interested because I'm almost positive. Like my wife and I have two, like it's like the same Amazon Prime account, mm -hmm. but like I log in and only see my stuff. Dude, what happens if you're trying to buy like a secret item that you don't want people to know you're buying? Make a new account. Damn, okay. Um, so Steven, so you can see the performance on all these different things. Like you can tell, like for this alcohol related product, you know, I can see that there's way more men buying it than women. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, it's actually difficult to see, um, like you can't stack these, which is uh, a little frustrating. Like you can't say like, okay, show me men in this age range who are married versus right. unmarried. You can't right. stack those, um, which is a little bit frustrating. So. Before we get into sort of how to use these things, I think there's a there's a interesting topic of sort of how even before we get to how to use this specific report, I do want to mention uh, and uh, really like these are a sign that segmentation like will continue to come. Uh, you know, if anyone's been a listener of the show for a long time, I've said for a while, you know, there was a time in Amazon where like there was no, there were no match types. Like you just, you just type a keyword in and they added match types. So then you have bid bidding for per different match types. And then there were, you know, now there's placements. So then you have like bidding per different match type and by different placement, like top of search, rest of search product pages. And then you can see how that will continue to go with this, where it's like, okay, now maybe I can bid differently on men versus women. So now I have a keyword bid, but then I have a placement bid modifier, and then I have a gender bid modifier. So it's like you're stacking all these things. And what that allows you to do is sort of analyze your data in a brand new way in the sense of, wow, this keyword, I thought it was at 20% ACOS, but really I dug in and actually, like men who are 25 to 34 have a 90% ACOS here. I need to go like split those out and bid appropriately for that underperforming area. And then I find out that women in that age range are actually like 5% ACOS. So they need their own bid too. Like the, the amount of segmentation that you can start to do is really amazing when you start to think about all these different combinations and see the trends uh, and really see the levels, different levels of performance that you can get when you start thinking of these demographics. Um, so even though you can't, you know, there's no setting inside Seller Central ads to say bid differently on men, bid differently on women. Hopefully, this is a sign of things to come that you eventually will be able to bid on these things. Are you are you feeling optimistic as I am, Stephen, about these things? 
Yeah, I think it is uh, inevitable. Um, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, one question that is raised in my mind is like, um, you know, even we just like with, with gender issues in politics and stuff, like how that impacts the way targeting takes place uh, in, and in, even in the data harvesting. So, uh, yeah, so it definitely raises questions for me. Um, but, uh, I mean, the thing that we've constantly seen happen in Amazon um, PPC is that it's getting closer and closer to uh, basically Google and Facebook ads and um, those ad platforms already have all of that segmentation data available, um, mm -hmm. bidding differently. So yeah, I think this is inevitable and yeah. we will uh, yeah just have to be prepared for it. Yeah, one thing that Facebook does is you can never, and Google does this too, like you can't call out that you know who's getting the impression of the ad. You can't say like, I know who you are. Like, you know, are it's like, hey, you're a you're a guy, twenty five to thirty four, aren't you? Like, right. sign up now. Mm -hmm. um, like, you have to like be like circumvent the fact that you actually know. Right. Um, so yeah, so you know, how can we actually use this new report? You know, how does actually seeing the revenue breakdown by gender? How does it actually break down? you know, revenue breakdown by household income, you know, what do we actually do with these things? And the first thing that came up to me, which was, which is a high level thing, and then I'll break it down to sort of more tactical stuff, is that this is definitely for people building real like companies. Like this is definitely for people like going like that, like really want to cultivate a brand and like really want to get their messaging on point and like really want to like do everything that they can to make future sales easier, like sales that are going to come in like six months. Like what, what edits can I make to my branding that are going to pay off in the long run? Um, so, you know, you think about it, like if you're, if you're discovering that most people that are purchasing your product are, you know, 50 and up, you know, that should probably inform your branding, like your lifestyle photos. Customers generally want to see either people just like them using the product or perhaps like an aspiration of themselves using that product. Um, so like right then and there, you know, we get into, you know, oh, I have to split test my images. I need to do this and that. It's like this could potentially inform how you split test your images, how you play with those images using the data from this report. And then informing, getting ideas, checking checking this demographics report, then taking that into your lifestyle photos of your images and letting it inform your next decision. You know, we talk about this all the time internally at AdBadger. Like, what, what have we learned previously that it can inform our next decision so that we're not operating, like, emotionally or just not letting inspiration strike and, you know, then changing our direction a week later? It's like... Well, what, what actual data can we look at to inform our next decision? And like, that's where like you go from good to great. Like, it's like, that's where like cool things start to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, using this to inform lifestyle photo AB testing, like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we actually uh, forgot to mention earlier, but in these reports, um, you can search by an individual ASIN uh, or I, I, mm -hmm. should, I guess filter out the data. So if you're kind of curious 
you know, you've got multiple products and you kind of want to compare how the demographics vary from product to product, um, you can type in those ASINs and kind of see the, the data change. Um, but what I would love to see happen is, because right now the total data is only your products um, or within your brand, I should say, is, is that data that we're seeing. Um, it is not showing you your entire niches like demographics. So that would be really interesting to see and hopefully one day that that comes up. But I would love to kind of compare where are the majority of my sales coming from versus where do the majority of the niches sales come from? Because maybe right. you should be targeting a different audience that has more opportunity um, and you're sort of, you know, most of your sales are coming from one audience, but there's actually bigger opportunity with a different audience. So um, hopefully that comes in the future. But for now, at least as you can see, where your sales are coming from, um, which age group, uh, which like average household income, stuff like that. Um, you can begin to, you know, just, I guess, tighten down your branding and marketing. Um, like you're talking about those lifestyle images, you know, realize, okay, I'm getting a lot of sales from these, uh, from these demographics. I should really focus in on those and make sure that I continue those sales. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so zeroing in, like exploring that data, absolutely. Uh, using that data that you see there to inform uh, like lifestyle photos, sponsored brand ads, like how you're writing your headline, the video, sponsored brand video, your, the images and lifestyle photos that you're using. Um, I also think this is cool. We don't really talk about this too much on the show. Obviously, this is an Amazon paid advertising show, but the, for those companies and, and most brand registered companies, you know, if they went through that process of doing that, they're generally advertising outside of Amazon too. You know, you can take that data uh, and then use that to inform Facebook ads. Um, you can use that to inform Google ads. They have some demographic options over there too. You know, your YouTube ads, if you, you know, went through the trouble of making a sponsored brand video, then maybe you might also want to take that over to YouTube. You can actually go into YouTube and actually type in the same demographics, like, you know, filter by uh, marital status, filter by age range, filter by household income, and it'll save you some time and sort of compound your learning. So like you learn something in Amazon, you can go and take that to Google ads, YouTube ads, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and basically amplify your learnings. Um, and that's, that's, that's where this like really starts to get effective. Like when you're having your planning sessions, maybe it's once a quarter and you're looking at your demographics report, you know, where's the next uncharted territory that we're going to tap into. This can be a really nice place to you know, get some inspiration to make that next decision. Yeah. Um, and then one final thing that we want to say is we basically want to anticipate a uh. common question that we think will be asked after this episode. So we we want to kind of yes. just preemptively give you the answer. Um, but when you look at this sales uh, or this demographic report, you may see that um, you say you give it a, a given time period, like, hey, let's look at January's performance. You see the breakup and it says like this group made up this percent of your total sales, blah, blah, blah. Here are your total sales. And then you look at your actual business reports for January and you will see a discrepancy in the total sales amount of data. Um, we ran on a few different accounts. We noticed that this 
the uh, demographics report usually is underreporting the total sales. So um, there is some inaccuracy somewhere along the way um, with the data because it is underreporting. So just be aware of that when you see it. That uh, it is. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just something's incorrect yeah. and and uh, you're not you're not yeah. missing anything. As a quick reminder, you know the data that you see in Seller Central, the campaign manager in there, is different than the data that's in your search, like your normal downloadable reports, like your search term report, uh, and that's can be different than um, you know if you're using a third-party tool, it might show up different there. Um, so there's like different data all over the place, uh, and this is pretty common, like outside of Amazon, like Google Analytics doesn't match up with. Google Search Console doesn't match up with your Shopify data. Doesn't match up with your Facebook ads data. Just like all over the place, attribution is something that every platform struggles with. So I think this is, you know, this is part of, you know, probably probably something people uh, they have gr shared accounts. Maybe that even contributes to things like this. Uh, and the last thing that that shared account thing probably does contribute to is when you look at these age ranges and you know the income levels you'll see things like well you had this many sales from men this many sales from women and you had this many sales from information not available uh, so basically amazon's admitting that for a percentage of customers we simply just don't have their demographic data maybe they opted out to something maybe they just simply can't figure that out um, it wasn't that you know, sometimes it was a, a bigger group, like there were more, we don't know what demographic this is, than there were like single people. Um, so yeah, so sometimes it was making up like 20, 30% of the total um, revenue. And then other times it was a little bit smaller, maybe it's just like 5% of the total revenue. Um, but yeah, that, that is part of it. Anything else to say about information not available? Um, Steven? Uh, yeah, I guess one final, final thing. Uh, in the search bar, when you can you know, search for ASINs uh, and filter out for a certain product or products, like we said before, uh, in the box it says search for ASINs or keywords. Uh, searching for keywords does not work. We tried that on multiple accounts, <laughs> multiple keywords. Uh, it's, you can only search for ASINs, not keywords. Um, so that is a typo on their end. Right. Um, and, and really, that's it. Um, that is the demographics report in brand analytics. Um, we've done now that we've done four episodes, Stephen. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what is your like favorite report that you see yourself logging into the most, and and why. Uh, search the search term reports will by far be the most important report out of these four. Um, and that one, I mean, I've been using it for a while. I will continue to use it. I mean, I actively use it all the time. And yeah. demographics, I think it will be interesting to keep an eye on. But because I am not a brand owner myself and I'm not controlling, you know, messaging and images and stuff, uh, it doesn't have too much importance to me. I think it will be more important for people who are actual brand owners. And then, um, yeah, so I guess those are the two most important. And then. The other two middle ones, uh, you know, the market basket analysis, I put that one probably number three, and then number four would be the alternate purchase. That probably has the less, the least amount of significance to me personally. Well, how, how about you? How would you rank them? Just like you, Amazon search terms. 
uh, you know, the brand analytics search term. I mean, being a search marketer, obviously this one is most interesting to me. Seeing that search frequency rank, seeing, you know, who's got the click share, who's got the conversion share of that. I feel like that's invaluable information. Um, really, really, you know, that should be something that people probably glance at at a weekly basis. Um, you know, maybe weekly, maybe bi-weekly, like weekly, maybe once a month, twice a month, something like that, um, depending on how large the account is. But um, yeah, that one most certainly my favorite. I mean, incredible data to know the conversion share of a particular mm-hmm. product. That's right. massive. Um, and I think all of all of brand analytics reports, they they all attribute to the same thing, which is you know, what can I do to build a better strategy? What can I do to build a better brand? What can I do to, you know, outthink and out strategize my competition? Um, you know, these are tools that are available to brand registered companies. And I would imagine most people don't take advantage of it. I'm actually surprised with how little like content there is out there on brand analytics reports mm-hmm. um, in the sense that these aren't really time intensive reports, meaning you don't, you're not going to have to agonize over these in the same way that you might agonize over a downloadable, you know, normal search term report where you're like chugging away, you're scanning things, you're filtering things, you're doing all this extra, you're doing all this analysis on it. With these, it's a lot of, you're getting big qualitative strategic adjustments, and then you have some data to support those things. So I think it's a really, it, it's, it's something that I think will pay dividends to people that use these reports. Um, and I know that I'm going off on a tangent, but yes, uh, Amazon search terms and brand analytics, that's going to be my go-to. That's going to be my favorite one. Uh, and then the alternative purchase report, you know, insanely valuable to know, Hey, if they didn't buy my product, who did they buy? I'm like, let me go look at their product. I'm like, let me inform my strategy based off things that they might be doing that I'm not doing, or, you know, what am I doing that's unique or not unique? And so, yes. So, this is, these are definitely cool reports. And I think with that said, I'm, I'm going to go fire up Pokemon Sword and Shield. All right. So uh, <laughs> we did this series um, because it was a frequently requested, um, yeah, just a frequent request we got from our listeners. So here you guys go. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope it was helpful. Um, the four parts to Amazon brand analytics for sellers. Yeah. See you next time. Hey, everybody, it's Mike here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And as some of you may already know, the podcast isn't all that we do when it comes to Amazon. Uh, We actually spend the majority of our day working on building the best Amazon advertising tool we possibly can to help automate a lot of the concepts that we discuss during the show. Yep. And we appreciate you as listeners. We'd love your feedback about our app. Uh, And if you're interested in giving our free trial a shot, just head on over to adbadger.com slash podcast deal. That's adbadger.com slash podcast deal. Thank you so much for the support, guys. We really do appreciate you and we'll see you next episode.